0: His name. Our scripture again, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let us pray. God, we ask now at this very precious moment That you would speak to us, everyone who's hearing this message on today, that you would speak to our minds, our hearts, our very souls. And God, that we would hear what you have to say to us, but not that we would just be hearers, but so we would be followers. That we would do the work you call us to do for such a time as this. Bless each one now that we can be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our subject for today, let God use you. Let God use you. Go ahead, tell the person around Or if nobody's around you, call somebody up and tell them. Let God use you. Our vision statement is striving for excellence in kingdom building. Our mission statement is seeking God, shaping lives, and serving the world. The extended mission statement is, seeking God through worship, shaping lives through teaching, and serving the world through mission and evangelism. And our present emphasis has been on evangelism. Notice what Jesus says to us in this passage. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Hmm. He likens them when he sees the crowd. He likens them to see without a shepherd. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what Jesus sees this crowd as. Sheep without a shepherd. And if you lived in this agrarian society time and, and could always see sheep and shepherds, you would know just how traumatic that statement is and was when Jesus spoke it. Sheep without a shepherd. Well, sheep without a shepherd are very vulnerable. They're confused. Matter of fact, sheep without a shepherd are even frustrated and angry. Can you imagine that? No leadership, no direction, wandering around, blind leading the blind. You would think that they would possibly start getting in arguments about who's going to be in charge, who wants to be in charge, what sheep is bigger than the other sheep. But I can tell you that sheep without a shepherd really don't have time to argue among themselves. You don't find sheep as being very argumentative. But why not? Because sheep without a shepherd become food for wild animals. It's something about when you find yourself in a terrible situation, generally, they all come together when you're in a bad situation The reason Jesus looked at them as sheep without a shepherd was realizing they become very vulnerable to all of those who would devour them. He was very concerned when he looked at this crowd and he looked at them as sheep without a shepherd. Very dangerous situation. But also, sheep without a shepherd are lost. They just wander. And they can wander into very dangerous predicaments because they don't really know where they are going. Jesus saw that. He looked at the crowd, and in his own mind and in his heart, he said, wow, a people, they're like sheep without a shepherd. What's worse than being sheep without a shepherd? Well, maybe sheep that have a bad shepherd. You see, a bad shepherd is a shepherd who only wants wool and lamb chops. Yeah, that's a bad shepherd. A bad shepherd invites the wolves in. Yes, the wolves can come right into the sheepfold because the shepherd is not being a true shepherd, not being a true leader. I must say, that's why it's so important that you ought, whenever you have an opportunity to choose your leader, you ought to do it wisely, and I want to admonish you to do it early. Early voting is key. Choose a leader with compassion. Choose a leader who has successfully led others. Jesus saw the crowd as sheep without a shepherd. They probably were not socially distancing themselves or wearing masks or even washing their hands. Literally, they were being led to the slaughter, led to their deaths as sheep without a shepherd or as sheep following the lead of a really bad leader. Mass or no mass, back to the classrooms without all the preparation that probably needed to happen or learn at home, or in some other safe environment where distance and efficient teaching can happen. This pandemic is real, but yet it's a great opportunity to pull us together. It can pull us together as brothers and sisters, but seemingly it will be our demise as we perish as sheep without a shepherd. In this text, notice, Jesus was healing every disease. Ah, it's in it. Jesus was healing every disease and every affliction. And yet he saw the crowds and had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. He's not looking at them because their greatest issue is the disease and the afflictions they're going through. No, he's healing them of the diseases. He's healing the afflictions. But yet he's looking at them with this heart of compassion because he said they are harassed and helpless. As if they can't depend on the very system that should protect them, which is now killing them and not holding one accountable for their misdeeds. They're killing those who are innocent of any wrongdoing and yet nobody being held accountable for what they have done. What can you do when you want justice and it seems to be never, that is never ever coming or come so slowly that it seems not to matter? How more helpless can you be? How more harassed can you be? So you protest, you march, you walk, you run, you protest. And then there are people who protest the unarmed protesters and they carry guns. And they would even use those guns to injure and to kill the unarmed protesters. Wow. And then the one who kills literally walks through and walks past police. Goes home. chill until there's an uproar and an uprising about what has happened and decides to turn himself in. The crowd was harassed and helpless. Police officers protecting the community, sitting in their patrol car, unexpected of a coward who would walk up to their car and open fire on them. No publication. Just a cowardly act. Officers sitting, doing their jobs, but now harassed and helpless. Jesus saw the crowds. He saw the people. He sees America. And he has compassion on us and makes this statement to us today. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send our laborers into the harvest. What what am I saying to us today? The time is right. The season is right. There's plenty of work to be done. There's plenty of work to be done in the vineyard. But there are too many spectators and not enough workers. Too many folk who are watching television and watching what's going on but not taking the time to do something about it. We can no longer just sit by and watch our nation and this world sink deeper and deeper and deeper into the depths of hopelessness and helplessness. We must do the work of him who has sent us into his vineyard. Lost sheep need a shepherd. Let me say that again. Lost sheep need a shepherd. Mm -hmm. Our goal for this month has been to get every member of First African Baptist Church to win at least one soul, at least one person, to Christ in this month. But the challenge we have and the challenge we're in is how do we lead folk to Christ in the midst of COVID-19? My question is, how can you not lead folk to Christ in the midst of COVID-19? In the midst of seeing death all around us, in the midst of seeing sickness all around us, in the midst of realizing that we really in this thing together. Jesus is still the answer for the world today. If we would just follow the very life and teachings of Jesus, if we would follow what he's taught us and the life he's lived, all of the ills of our community and this world will be transformed from chaos into community. How do we labor in the midst of such a harvest? Let God use you. Yeah. When we are saved, we are saved to go to work. We're not saved just to be saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes, we are his workmanship. We were saved to do the work that God has called us to do. I know what you're saying, how can I work? I'm not a preacher, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not perfect, how can I lead somebody to Christ? Listen my brothers, listen my sisters, be led by the Holy Spirit and let God use you. God created you, God knows everything about you. He's created you to do the work he's called you to do. Every place you've been, you've been on assignment. Everything you've done, you've done it so you can be more of what God would have you to be. Well, pastor, I've done some many bad things. Well, at least, at least you know about bad things and you can tell someone else how to get out of the midst of it. There are folk who need the Lord today. They need your passion. They need your compassion. And you need to be able to reach out to folk who don't know Christ so they may come to know. Again, how do I do that, pastor? Write this passage down. I want you to follow it. I want you to watch and you follow it. Do what this passage says watch your life change and the lives of those around you be transformed J- just just follow this passage watch ephesians chapter 4 verses 25 through 32. just before then paul is talking about the life we used to live yeah you know before we came to christ i, I know we didn't we everything but before you came to christ there's the life we used to live but listen to what he talks to us when we realize we've come to know Christ. Listen to what he does now, what he says to us now. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, so that it may give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I know I've read this passage, but let me kind of go through it And just say it again so you can be clear. What do I have to do so others can come to know Christ? That's what I'm answering. That's the question this pastor answered. What do I have to do? No, no, you don't have to carry the biggest Bible you can find and try to hit somebody over the head and say, Come to Jesus. You don't have to tell people about how, how holy you are. No, be you. No, no. Be who God has designed you to be with the Holy Spirit leading you and then allow the Word of God to help you to live in such a way that others may see your good works and want to give God glory and come to him. This, this is what it's saying to verse 25. Therefore, put, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Let, let me paraphrase right quick. Stop lying. People got we all stop lying. In, in other words, we ought not say things like, you know, you really can't appoint a Supreme Court justice in the year of an election. Even though it's nine months away, you really cannot select a Supreme Court justice. And you can't even go on camera saying, I hold to this, you cannot select one. And even if there's one that got to be selected in 2020, you can hold me to this. I'll stand and say you still can't select one during an election. And then turn around. A Supreme Court justice passes, and you can't wait before a body goes in the ground to select somebody. I'm just saying, it's saying to those of us, the children of God, those who call by the name, it's saying to those who go need, it's saying to us, just quit lying. The Bible said that. That's not what it Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Then it says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Get angry. Yes, you're going to be angry. Yes, you're going to be upset. But don't stay that way. Don't let your anger cause you to do things that you know you have no business doing or, or thinking thoughts you ought not have. Do not allow your anger to get you to a point where you're so upset and you're so evil minded because you're upset and you get so angry until you think you're right in doing the stuff that you know is wrong. Quit lying and quit being angry and staying angry. Don't give an opportunity to the devil. Verse 28, very simple. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Now, I always thought this passage meant if you were stealing because you're trying to get something to eat, quit stealing and get a job. But now it's saying quit stealing, period. And you work, but you work so you can help others. Yeah, yeah. Quit stealing get a job and work so you can help others. Think about it. If we as a community wanted to help everybody else who had a need, why would someone want to break into your house or hit you off the head and take money from you when they realize you would help them with the life? Not just help them to get food for the day, but you may even help them get employment. You may even get something from them to help them along. It's saying to us, we don't have to live the way we're doing. We can live to help one another. And if everybody was helping one another, we could see the kindness that God has placed in our hearts. That's what we can do to win the loss for him. And then it says, let no corrupting communication come out of your mouth. Quit cussing. Quit slandering people. Quit talking people down. You you know people who know you saved, and they still hear how you talk about other people. And the bad thing about it, most of the time, we talk about other church people. He's just saying, stop Why do you expect folk to come to Christ and come to be a part of your church and you don't like your church members? Why are you tell people come and be a part of your fellowship and you always complaining about the fucking your fellowship? I mean, listen, you can't win about to Christ like that. He's saying, no, no. We are one body in Christ and we have to build each other up that God can get glory. If I have a fault, you have a fault. The Bible says I need to go to you and talk to you. I need to talk to you, not about you. I'm just saying, if we're going to win folk to Christ, and if we're going to do it soon, we've got to do it soon. That's what the Bible telling us. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the building up. As it fits the occasion, we have to build each other up. Come on, give somebody a compliment. Yeah, y'all, you give somebody a compliment. Take that compliment right now. I think sister so-and-so is the best sister in the world. You know, I, I thank God for how she helped me. I thank God for what he means in my life. You, you, you can type something right quick. Yeah, just think about it. Somebody, I can't think of nothing good, but my mama told me, you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. No, no, think of something good. Because think about it. You do want somebody to say something good about you. And quit telling that line, I always say it, stop lying. Quit telling that lie if you don't care what anybody think about you. Because we want people to think about God being in you. We want folks to know that you love God, and they can see God's love and God's grace through you. So we do these few things, they can see God in us, and he can get glory. And verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, grieving the Holy Spirit of God is not allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. When the Holy Spirit is telling you to be kind to someone, or to smile, Or to do a kind of thing no, not me. I I ain't going to do that. Mm -mm. No, Holy Spirit, shut up. Be quiet. I ain't going to do that. Or when the Holy Spirit Spirit tells you not to do something, you decide I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care what you're saying. When you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit takes a residence in you. Don't grieve him by doing the stuff that God does not, the Holy Spirit does not, that Jesus does not want you to do. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Then verse 31. Let all bitterness... All wrath, all anger, all clamor, all slander be put away from you. Away with all hatred, all malice. Quit hating. That's not that. Listen, you're a people of God. God is love. And God has called us to love each other and to love him. and And the way we love him is by loving each other. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. I don't have to elaborate on that. That's self explanatory We are striving for excellence and kingdom building. As one body in Christ, we seek to be in perfect harmony with God and with one another. That's what we seek to do. Last passage, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. This is Deacon Johnson's chapter. He loved Colossians chapter 3. Here we go, verse 12. Well, what should I do? In case you say, well, Pastor gave me a passage, you know, I don't really like all that passage. Give me something else. Here's something else. I'm glad you asked. We got it right here. Verse 12, Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones. You were chosen. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, And patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Mm. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Hallelujah. Allow the peace of God to dwell. Let God's peace rule in your heart, in your mind. We can't just keep being angry and frustrated as sheep without a shepherd. We have to allow the mind of Christ to take over our very lives in our community, in this nation, and in this world. Because this community, this nation, and this world needs to be saved. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you into being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God use you to tell some man, some woman, the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Let God use you to be an example to those who look to you for inspiration. Let God use you to reach someone you know who's headed for destruction. Don't, don't give up on them. No, no. Don't say you can't help them. Let God use you in your daily walk and in your daily talk to help others who may not know him to come to know him. Let God use you to be first to say, forgive me. I apologize. I didn't mean it that way. Or if you meant it that way, tell me you were wrong about admit for meaning it that way. But let God use you that he can get the glory. That he can get the honor. that he can get the praise. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Have this mind that God has. Have this mind that Jesus has. Have this mind that he allows to be in us. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Jesus said, believe also in me. Trust God today. That passage says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, this awful day will surely come. The day is coming when we will see him as he is. But we have an opportunity to forever be with the Lord. Well, how do we get that opportunity? It's not because we've been so good. It's not because we are so intelligent. It's not because we look so good but we have this opportunity, because Jesus came through 42 generations, and he went about doing good. You say, Pastor, after they see my light, what can I say to them? You could give them the good news. There's enough bad news going all around. There's enough bad news on CNN. There's enough bad news on Fox. Well, there's all the bad news on, but I'm telling you, you don't have to look at all that news. You have the good news. And the news is the fact that Jesus came, he lived, he went about doing good, and out of all the good he did, folks still talked about him and ridiculed him and called him everything but a child of God. But can you see our Lord and Savior? He allowed men to put a crown of thorns on his head. He allowed men to put nails in his hands and nails in his feet, and he hung on the cross for all of your sins. He humbled the cross for all of my sins. Well, why did he do it? Well, the not is helping with this. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The Bible says he died. And I want you to know, he died. He died for all of your sins. He died for all of my sins. They placed him in a borrowed tomb, but he didn't stay there. That's why it was a borrowed tomb. He stayed all night Friday. Stayed all day Saturday. Stayed all night Saturday night. But early, somebody ought to say early. I said early on that Sunday morning. He got up from the grave with power. Power over the grave. Victory over death. And then later he ascended into heaven. And sent back the Holy Spirit to live in us. To guide us. To direct us. And to help us to be what God has called us to be. Let God use you because he lives in you to make a difference every day of your life and to make a difference in your family to make a difference in your friends you need to realize who god is and you ought to be able to say yes i'm a believer yes i'm a believer i believe in jesus christ he's the author and finisher of my faith he walks with me he talks with me he tells me i am his own if you're there today and you know and you know it in your heart. You're looking to transform your life. You can't do it by yourself. You can't do all of the stuff we talked about in the passage by yourself. You need help to do it. And the Holy Spirit is the helper. He'll help you through every aspect of what we talked about. So come and get your help. If you don't know Christ today, we give you an opportunity to come and accept him as your Lord and Savior. We give you an opportunity right now to say, Lord, I've sinned. I'm sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. Trust him right now. The Lord, I need you. If you want to accept him into your life, pray this prayer with me to accept him right now. Oh, yes, right now you can accept him. And this is a prayer you can use to lead other folk to Christ when they say, I want Jesus. When they tell you that, pray this prayer with them. Just don't say, okay, you want Jesus? Well, wait till the next church. No, no, no. You can pray this prayer with them. So you jot this prayer out as well and help others who need to know Christ to come to know Christ. Let's pray with those of you right now who want to accept Jesus Christ. And you can just go ahead and type in, you want to be saved, you want to join our church, whatever you want to say in there, go ahead and say it. But right now we want you to pray this prayer if you want the Lord in your life. Pray with me if this is what you believe. Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life and help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you for saving me right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The reason you can pray this prayer and be saved is Romans chapter 10 verse nine says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God is you from the dead, you shall be saved. Salvation is a fact, not a feeling. So if you want the Lord in your life, pray, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer with others, that they may come to know Christ. Because, yes, I'm a believer. Are you a believer? Go ahead. You can type it in. Yes, I'm a believer. Oh, yeah, I see you typing. Yep, 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 yes. Look at all the believers. Yes, I'm a believer. That's right. Yes. Yes, King, that's right. I'm a believer. Type it. That's right. Yes, I'm a believer. Thank you, Sister Bobby. Yes, I'm a believer. Type it, yes. unbelievable. Yes, all of our guests. Thank you so much. We give God the praise, the honor, and the glory. Let me remind you to go ahead and give. Again, we'll give the fire. Go ahead and give them, give them the fire. And, and don't forget, you can give to United Way through Give the fire. First applicant will, will write a check to United Way from us. So we ask all of you who would, give through giving the fire. Or, or even when you write your check out or, or send your money to the church, uh, please include some for United Way, and we want to give to United Way as well. And you can see a post that we have about United Way with our own, Brother Terry Enoch. Uh, you will see a post that we have on our social media. So go to any of our social media, go to any of the social media, and you'll be able to see a post uh, about United Way. Uh, you'll, see Brother Enoch, but you'll see other posts from United Way to talk about the importance of our giving to United Way. And even as we better close, don't, don't leave right quick because we have a very brief, a very brief video we want you to see pertaining to, again, to the 2020 census. I can't say it enough, we're getting to the end of it, but we need everybody to participate in the 2020 census. So we have some other faith leaders. Now when they mention April 1st, that's just a day of reference, but it's still not too late. So tell everybody, even though they mention April 1st in this video, you still realize it's not too late, but we need you to participate in the census. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustained Redeemer, thank you so much for how you blessed us, how you kept us, how you keep us. Strengthen us now to walk, talk, and live with you to have us to walk, talk, and live. God, we do pray for healing for those names that we didn't call. We just ask in a special way you keep Sister Natasha Garden, in a special way we ask you keep Sister Keisha Davis, and so many others whose names we did not call earlier. God, we ask that you just touch, heal, strengthen, and bless them, and so many more. Guide us and direct us now that we would do the things you have us to do that you would use us, God, that you would use us mightily to do the work you called us to do. We know it's your will that none should perish. So help us this week, this day, to do something about it because we know the harvest is clenched and the laborers are few. And now we ask that the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit would rest rule on the Bible, now henceforth and forevermore that all the people of God say amen and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called GiveLify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.